welcome to episode 14 of Pastoring in a Pandemic. I'm your host, Nathan Longfield. Today is Tuesday, May 19th, and we'll hear from Father Kyle of St. Francis in Holland, Michigan, to discuss what he has been doing to pastor during COVID. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Pastor in Pandemic. That's Pastor, the letter N, Pandemic. You can follow me at Nathan Longfield. Listen to the podcast on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember to download, rate, and review the podcast. We'll be back after a quick break to hear from Father Kyle about how he is pastoring in a pandemic. We're now joined by Father Kyle, who serves at St. Francis and Holland Mission. Father, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure to do that. Uh, so to start, can you give us a little more about your context, what your role is, uh, what the staff team you work with looks like, and what COVID has been like sort of in general in your area? Sure, yeah. Yeah, so I'm at St. Francis de Sales in Holland, and I'm the associate pastor, which means um, sort of the assistant to the pastor. I've, I've been ordained for about three years now. So I'm not the, I'm not the head pastor of the church, um, but, uh, you know, I have sacramental responsibilities. Um, and then in addition to that, I do a lot of work with our youth at the parish, with um, young engaged couples who are preparing for marriage, and then just sort of general pastoral work um, in whatever way that comes up, whether that's visiting the sick or just families in need in any way. Um, a couple things about our particular context at St. Francis that might be helpful to know. Um, one, we're, at least as far as Catholic churches in the area go, we're, we're fairly large. We've got about 1,500 families uh, who are part of our parish. So, um, and we have a very large Hispanic population. So I'd say probably about 60% Hispanic um, of our four services on weekends. There's one that's in Spanish and that's the largest. So um, so we've got a large Hispanic population. So we're dealing with the bilingual and multicultural reality. And so that means a lot of the things that we're doing, we have to do twice. Um, and it also means that we're dealing with the segment of the population, which has a lot of different needs. So for example, uh, there's a lot of immigrants who just by virtue of, of being immigrants are sort of less connected to resources in the community. Mm -hmm. um, some of them don't have documentation, which means that even if they're aware of resources, they're not necessarily able to receive them. So, um, so anyways, that, that's a little bit of uh, the context that, that we're working in at St. Francis. Yeah, so. yeah, that's great. Um, so four services is a lot to deal with in a normal time. Um, right. What what have you all decided to do with for worship? Is it you know streamed and there's an English and a Spanish one, or what is what is that right. look like? That's that's exactly right. We've been we've gone down to two, so we're doing a, a Spanish one in, one in English and one in Spanish that we're live streaming. Um, we were pretty fortunate because we we've actually been live streaming our services for a number of years since before I got to the parish, so for okay. at least three years. Um, so that was already. The, the sort of technical apparatus was already set up. So in some ways it was an easy transition for mm -hmm. us, although we've done a lot of work to, to try to make that better and 
and realize that it's not just a handful of people who may be homebound or, or ill or whatever who are particip participating from home, but it's everybody. So, um, so we've invested a lot in, um, you know, upping our game with getting sort of music and lyrics and everything on, on the screen as well, or um, just different ways to, to help people engage at home um, with, with what's going on. Yeah. Um, what does that uh, kind of look like in terms of the community component? Is there, if it's live streamed, is there also sort of a community like Zoom thing with it? Or is that, maybe that happens sometimes else in the week, just without a physical touch point with a congregation, how does that happen? How does care happen? How does connection happen? Yeah, we haven't, with our Sunday worship, we haven't had, um, we haven't had like a Zoom or an interactive component it, just because of the number of people that we're dealing with. I don't know that it would be possible. Um, so it's just streamed onto Facebook and YouTube and such. Um, but a number of our, our prayer groups, Bible studies, um, other groups, smaller groups that have been meeting have gone online and have continued to, to meet pretty regularly and pray together and connect together. Um, and that's, that's been working pretty well. So, you know, there's, there's not the same experience of, of connection. Um, you know, just, you just go to church on Sunday and you might not know the person who sits in the pew next to you every week, but there's, there's sort of a, you might not know them by name. You might not know anything about their life, but you know that they're there because they love the Lord and mm -hmm. they come to, to worship him on Sunday. Yeah. And there's something comforting in that. And there's, there's a real unity that that's experienced there. So um, uh, one of our parishioners who I was talking to was telling me, you know, he's like, I, I, I miss the old lady in the pew next to us. I don't even know who she is. <laughs> I just know that she's there every week. And I, I, I just miss the, just the little things, just seeing mm -hmm. people and knowing that I'm not alone mm -hmm. and as I'm, as I'm trying to live the Christian life. And I think a lot of people are experiencing that sort of um, isolation. I'm, I'm doing this, but it's on my own. So just even being able to stream uh, services on Sunday mornings, far from the same experience of community, but, mm -hmm. but I think it's, I think it's helped provide some stability for our, our parishioners and, and just says, you know what the the worship of god continues the life of prayer of the church continues mm -hmm. covid or no covid yeah i'm curious in in a lot of the protestant context that i'm in and i've talked to people the conversation around communion has been one thing i'm in your area has the vatican given guidance on that or is it kind of up to a parish how does that look uh for the catholic church and specifically for saint francis well because of the Catholic approach to communion, there's there's no possibility for communion in the current context. Right. I, I think it's possible that other denominations have taken other approaches or in, sort of encouraged that at home. Um, but because communion is not just a symbolic gesture mm -hmm. for Catholics, but it's it's really the bread and wine really become the body and blood of Christ. Um, there's no way to make that happen through a TV screen. Right. So. Um, the thing, the two things is I've, I've talked to our parishioners over the last couple of weeks and just reaching out to people, the two things I hear over and over again that they miss are the community, just those relationships with people and communion, participation in the sacraments. So it's been this kind of experience of, uh, of fasting mm -hmm. almost from communion. And as hard as it's been for a lot of people, I think it's also made, um, 
it's been an opportunity for the Lord to increase spiritual hunger or mm-hmm. hunger for him. Yeah. So there's been some good fruit that's, that's come from that as well. So now there's a lot of conversations happening um, about how are we going to safely um, distribute communion once that becomes possible again, once we're back together for worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so there's some discussions about that, but, but that's obviously in the future still hopefully not the too distant future but (laughs) yeah yeah i heard a friend was telling me the priest in her hometown was like driving to each house to like deliver communion effectively (laughs) wasn't sure how sure yeah yeah Yeah, every uh, some of those approaches are dependent on the diocese so Mm. the the bishop who has oversight over the region has um, some authority to set guidelines for that. So some dioceses have allowed for something like that, okay. and others not. So in our diocese in the Grand Rapids area, um, that's that's not been a possibility okay. um, yeah. as of right now. Yeah. So. Gotcha. Um, so what has this impacted in terms of broader care? Um, I don't know exactly what ministries, but with that many people and with the uh, outreach interaction with the Hispanic congregation and community, how has that mm-hmm. impacted how you do other ministry and mission of the church when we can't mm-hmm. be in person? Right. Yeah. Um, well, we've, so we've just started calling all of our parishioners, just went down the list and, and called everybody and, and reached out and said, Hey, do you have any needs? Um, one of the things that we've had going um, for a number of years is the St. Vincent de Paul center, which is right across the street from our parish. And, um, so it's, it's kind of a community outreach center, clothing, food pantry, those kinds of resources. Um, and, and also as of late, there's been some uh, ability to help with like rent and utility assistance and those kinds of things for mm-hmm. people who are without work. So they've been really busy. They've been really, really busy and seeing a huge increase in need. But what's been really awesome too is we've seen a huge increase in donations to the St. Vincent de Paul Center. Mm-hmm. So our community has really stepped up. And um, there were a number of people who, when they got their, um, you know, $1,200 stimulus check from the government, just said, we, I'm going to donate the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so please help care for, especially for the immigrant population and those who just don't have access to a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, it's, it's been interesting to see that, um, we can't be together and ex- sort of experience care for one another as a community in the same way. But, uh, but there are ways that that's continued to happen and people have stepped up to make it happen. And uh, mm-hmm. it's been really beautiful. So, you know, it's made me think a lot about what's the fruit of that going to be once we actually are able to be back together, like mm-hmm. having experienced the care of the church in a different, in a, in a difficult time. Um, What's that going to do afterwards for our the sort of bonds within our community? Uh, so yeah, it's it's been interesting. Uh, and as I said, you know, in addition to that, with respect to just how we're caring for one another, a lot of small groups have continued to meet mm-hmm. online, and the transition was actually a lot easier than I expected. Okay. I uh, I I didn't think we'd have a lot of success with that, especially mm-hmm. you know, got some Bible studies of some older folks and. They've just jumped right into it and um, mm-hmm. seems to be working pretty well. So that's actually, that's been a huge blessing, just connecting people and letting them care for, for one another too. So, yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, I'm curious, you mentioned you work specifically with youth and sort of premarital situations. How has that looked? Mm-hmm. Um, connecting with youth, I mean, 
the technology is probably a little bit easier in some ways, but also if they're doing that for school, they may just be teched out in a way. Yeah. Well, to be honest, that's that's been one of the biggest challenges. Uh, I, yeah, they're already uh, they're doing online learning. Most of them are. Um, most high schools are going to online learning, so they're already spending all day either on a computer doing homework or playing video games or, or already on social media, right? So they're sort of already immersed in that world. Um, so this is this is an ongoing conversation for us. What can we do to reach out to them? And we've, uh, you know, brought some groups that had been meeting together. There's a, a, a group that had been preparing for confirmation that's that's continued to meet every week and, and pray together. Um, so, but really, I, I, one of the emphases has been on, on um, sort of what in Catholic terminology would term the domestic church, um, mm -hmm. the church that, that happens at home, you know, the, that fundamental building block of the larger church, which is the family, mm -hmm. and um, trying to equip uh, parents to, hey, maybe you've never really prayed together as family. Um, maybe now's the time to start doing that. What would that look like? How could you do that? Uh, so that's been, I think, a little bit more effective than reaching out to youth, uh, directly. I've, I've heard of other parishes, you know, that have had pretty long-term kind of stable youth ministries that were able to transition a, a little more easily to online stuff. Um, we're in a bit of a, just a different place as far as kind of building a youth program. And, mm. and so it's, so we've just been reaching out to, to youth individually, our, our youth minister and I have just done some zoom calls and, and whatever with uh with youth and their families and just yeah. checking in on people so that's kind of the extent of what we've been able to do so nice gotcha um and so you kind of mentioned some of the changing engagement with the reach out center are there other ministries that have been added in addition to that to try to address needs or other things that have arisen or has that filled a lot of the gap that's been created yeah, it's filled with a lot of the gap and, and a lot of the things um, that are happening there, we've just kind of beefed up to be able to respond to increasing need. Um, there was a little bit of uh, things like financial assistance, rent assistance happening before, but that was pretty minimal. But as people have, have um, donated more to, to specifically help with that, we've been able to step that up. Um, we've also... Um, through the local public school system, um, just become a, they have, you know, a lot of kids rely on free lunches and, and reduced lunches and that sort of thing. So um, they reached out to us and we've become a food distribution site uh, through the local public school system and, mm -hmm. and have been able to help provide for a lot of the families and in partnership with them. So that's been really great too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm curious, are there any experiments that you've done that maybe tried and didn't work or ideas rattling around if this continues on um, of other ways to engage the community, to connect all of those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, so we, uh, we had been in the middle of a, a course called the, the alpha course. It's, it's sort of a, 10-week course on the fundamentals of, of Christianity and then the message of the gospel, sort of an evangelistic uh, small group experience. So we were in the middle of that when the pandemic hit. And, uh, and so a, a kind of a key part of that is the experience of um, 
of group prayer and you know receiving prayer for uh, to receive more of the Holy Spirit um, in a retreat context. Mm-hmm. And they actually, they actually took that online, and and there have been uh, some instances of of people praying, you know, one on one or a couple people praying sort of for over one person through the internet, mm-hmm. which has worked surprisingly well. And actually, we're we're trying to set up a now a way to do that to make that available sort of prayer appointments online or over the phone, just knowing that there's a lot of people who are anxious about what's happening or how they're going to get by or whatever. And, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I'll, I, I'll be honest. I was also a bit of a skeptic mm-hmm. about that. And it's, so it's just been really cool to say, to see that, you know, I, I think this is really a circumstance where um, God's grace is not absent to his people. And mm-hmm. as difficult as the situation is, you know, some of the normal channels of grace have been maybe not totally cut off, but, um, but sort of uh, slowed down. But the mm-hmm. Lord is just, is, is not outdone in generosity and um, has, has found ways for his grace to break into mm-hmm. to the lives of his people. So, so things like that, that I certainly didn't expect would be successful have been really successful. And we're, we're trying to, expand upon so um yeah yeah trying to think if there's any other sort of experiments that we've taken on um i mean there's a this hasn't happened yet so we'll see how it goes but there's a a weekend marriage retreat that was scheduled to happen in june that's going to be happening again online over over a series of weeks and some online sessions so uh we'll see how that goes but again i think it, it, it may be the case that you've got husbands and wives who are who've been stuck together, <laughs> maybe in a way that they haven't been in for the, for two months now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, so you know, and there's always just there's always tension that comes up when people are living together in close proximity, and um, so this this may be the case where hey, this this is exactly this opportunity for for dialogue and. Uh, rejuvenation of, mm-hmm. of the sacraments of marriage is just, mm-hmm. just what's needed at this time. So, some things that are still in the future, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm curious. You kind of hinted at some things around this, but what have you learned, or maybe been reminded of, about your congregation, um, <laughs> about the how they engage, how they've responded, um, that's maybe surprised you or just impressed you um, <clears throat> as you've observed their interaction. I well personally I've learned how much I miss them (laughs) you know just like how uh how much a part of my life it's it's my family you know and and maybe in a unique way as a as a as a priest who's who's celibate who my my I don't have my own family on earth and my life is dedicated in a unique way to Mm -hmm. to the people of God and to his kingdom um so like I I really miss them and so that experience of uh of celebrating mass online doing our services online in an empty church the, the first day that we did that was just like it was I really struggled to make it through to be honest it was it was really challenging um and so you know like I said we've been calling people we've been trying to do things to to reach out to people and check in on them uh, I've had so many parishioners also reach out to me and say, Father, how are you doing? Mm. Do you do you need anything? Just 
uh, we're just checking in on you and hope you're doing okay. So just like, just, you know, like it's reminded me, like, I'm not the only one who's supposed to minister <laughs> to the people mm-hmm. of God and to experience them ministering to me and mm-hmm. people dropping off food and just, uh, it's been awesome. Yeah. So I, I knew I had a great community and I, I already felt supported by them, but it's been beautiful to see how that's continued. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. In this interesting time. So. Yeah, I'm curious with their caring for you and ministering for you, what does it look like for you to make sure you're taking care of yourself too in the midst of this one? I mean, there isn't as much of a divide in terms of where we are throughout our day and work and not work. And what does that look like to rest and, yeah, be well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in some ways, that's been a lot easier for me hmm. during this time. Um, yeah, there, there's, it's, there, there's a challenge with no separation. I'm at this desk a lot during the day. Um, uh, but, you know, I've been able to go out and go on walks and get a lot more exercise and do a lot of reading and have more time for prayer. And all of those things have um, been great. So I actually, I actually feel like this has been a gift to me uh, from the Lord. And I think to a lot of us who have found that our lives have slowed down significantly, um, the thing that, uh, you know, especially reflecting on the commandment to, to keep holy the Sabbath day and to rest, um, I'm, I've been kind of convicted by the Lord that I actually, I didn't do that very well a lot. And I did it under the pretext of, well, I'm, you know, I'm a minister. I'm, I'm, I have to work on the Sabbath day. So, um, and actually I have to work all the time. No, I don't have to work all the time. <laughs> Just being reminded, like the Lord doesn't need me. Mm. to I'm, I'm not an essential he wants to use me um for the sake of his people and also for my own good but uh he doesn't he doesn't need me mm-hmm. and um you know there's a time to be joshua on the field of battle and there's a time to be moses and mm-hmm. just hold up your hands in prayer um so just being able to spend more time in prayer and interceding for my people and and trusting that the Lord is going to take care of them because he loves them way more than I do. So, yeah. Um, so there's been a lot of good fruit in my own life. It's made me, made me reflect a lot just on my own ministry. So, yeah, yeah that's great. Um, I'm curious out of that, is there something you would offer as advice for other ministers, um, your parishioners, anyone to kind of maybe take some wisdom or practices from that as they try to do well in this time? Yeah, um, I think I'd just say uh, the Lord wants us to be in peace. You know, he wants us to be at peace. Uh, Peace, my peace, I I leave you. My peace, I give you. Not as the world gives, right? Um, Do I give to you? Uh, The Lord's peace doesn't depend on the circumstances around us being under our control or or being set up a certain way, but... Mm. Um, it's a piece that surpasses understanding and and only comes through um, ultimately our, our trust in him and our connection with, with him and, and knowing his love for us. So I think being able to take a step back and see that and and, uh, and just realize the Lord is still in control. Mm. The Lord from all eternity foresaw the, the coronavirus and already knew how he was going to respond to it. Mm. Um, so let's do everything we can to help those in need, but also be at peace knowing that, that the Lord uh, will always be victorious. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so finally, where can people go if they want to uh, join the service or connect with you or the church? Where would be good places to find that information? Mm-hmm. Yeah, on our website, um, stfrancisholland.org, stfrancisholland.org. Uh, so right on the homepage, there's a there's a place you can click to watch live and um, our English services on Sunday mornings are at 10.30 and Spanish at 12.30 yeah. for the time being um, <laughs> as we're broadcasting live online. So, uh, yeah, and my email is on the website. I'd be happy to, to connect with anyone. So, okay. yeah. Great. Thank you so much for joining Great. us today. My pleasure. Thank you. That will do it for today. Thanks for listening. Father Kyle provided some places to learn more about the church and contact him. To keep up with everything on Pastoring and Pandemic, you can follow us on Twitter at Pastor and Pandemic. That's Pastor, the letter N, Pandemic. You can follow me at Nathan Longfield. Be sure to download, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, or you can listen on our website. Please join us again next time as we do a slightly different episode to explore some of the ins and outs of technology and how we can utilize it well and faithfully in this time to reach the congregations and learn more about how to pastor in a pandemic. Grace and peace.